What is up everyone? It's Quinn here back with another video and today I'm going to continue going through my 2023 player rankings. I've already knocked out the running backs and the wide receivers. So today we're going to be focused on the quarterback position. Going to be going through the top 15 fantasy football quarterbacks while also splitting these players up into five different tiers. I feel like the quarterback position is really interesting this season because as always, we have those elite high-end options. I think there's you know some variance on how you could rank those top three to four guys. Then you have some nice kind of mid to high-end guys who have that high-end upside, but I feel like there's a decently solid tier that I think I have like one player tiers in tier three and tier four. And then I feel like once you get to tier five, there are a lot of really solid depth options and you're kind of just able to pick your poison on which type of like later round quarterback you want to go out and get. So I think the position is fun. I want to know what you guys think. You know, do you agree with these tiers? Do you agree with these rankings? Are there certain players you're higher on, lower on? Let me know down below and I will make sure to get back to you. But let's just jump right into tier one. And I'm just going to lay out all the players I have in this tier because I do think it's really close between a lot of these guys. It's going to be a four-man tier. I'm going to have Josh Allen at number one, Jalen Hurts at number two, Patrick Mahomes at number three, and then Lamar Jackson at number four. So starting off with Josh Allen here, he's actually going to be the only quarterback who has showcased a high-end QB1 ceiling over each of the last three seasons. He's averaged at least 23 points per game in all three. And then he also has pretty much the perfect blend of passing and rushing production. So over the last three seasons, he's thrown for at least 4,200 yards and 35 passing touchdowns. Over the last two years, he's gone for over 760 rushing yards, and he's actually rushed for at least six touchdowns in all five of his NFL seasons. So he was still delivering on the ground before he had that like crazy year three breakout after uh, Stephon Diggs came to the Bills. Now moving over to my QB2, it's going to be Jalen Hurts. He was the quarterback one in points per game last season. This is pretty much going to be the same offense, plus you're potentially throwing in like a receiving back in DeAndre Swift. Hertz was really strong as a passer with uh, A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith as his stud wide receivers. He was also fantastic on the ground with uh, 760 rushing yards and then a crazy 13 rushing touchdowns. Now, I understand that that 13 number is pretty high, and I do think that it may go down here in 2023, but it's also not like Hertz went like berserk as a passer also. He threw for 22 touchdowns, which like is fine, but that's not like a crazy high number. So even if that rushing touchdown number like goes down a little bit, I still think he'll probably make up for it as a passer. So I don't think like his total touchdowns are just going to absolutely tank heading into 2023. Plus, honestly, like until they uh, the NFL patches the Eagles like goal line push, I feel like that rushing touchdown number is likely going to stay high, maybe not as high as 13, but I could definitely still see double digits this year, just the way they all like kind of shove them into the end zone. So now my QB3, Patrick Mahomes, like I said, very close tier with these guys. I know some people are going to have him at one. I'm really not going to push back against that super hard. Mahomes um, has gone over 25 points per game in three of his last five seasons. And even after losing Tyreek Hill, Mahomes still ended up averaging over 24 points per game and was the QB three in points per game. Admittedly, like I'm pretty sure I was low on Mahomes heading into the season. I didn't really think he should be drafted up with those other like high end options. I really just think he wasn't gonna have insane numbers. Obviously he's a great quarterback, but I wasn't expecting 24 plus points per game with the uh, supporting cast he had last year. He also had his most fantasy points from rushing production last season, rushed for 358 yards, four touchdowns. 
He's never going to be like a Josh Allen, a Jalen Hurts, or Lamar Jackson, but he does give you some rushing upside. I think it would have been nice to see the Chiefs kind of get some significant upgrades in terms of their weapons. The only notable addition was uh, Rasheed Rice from the draft, who personally I'm just not super high on. I guess they're still in the mix for uh, DeAndre Hopkins, but we'll kind of see how that uh, shakes out. I mentioned how I don't really think Mahomes is going to give you that rushing ceiling of a Hertz or a Josh Allen, but I feel like because he doesn't, I think he's probably the safer option when you're talking about avoiding injury, right? Like he's not putting his body on the line in the same way that Josh Allen is or Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, these guys who are constantly scrambling, they're taking hits. I mean, especially Josh Allen, like it seems like dude is in like a car crash every single game. Mahomes isn't taking those kind of hits, so I do think he's a little bit more locked in in terms of playing a full season consistently. And then the final player in this tier, my QB4, is going to be Lamar Jackson. I'm guessing some people may have a little bit of separation between Lamar and these other three. I do think he's probably slightly behind them, but I honestly do think he's still in the same tier. Even though he has underproduced a little bit in the last two seasons, I still think he belongs here. Lamar holds the record for the best fantasy season for a quarterback ever on a point-per-game basis. The dude averaged over 28 points per game, and he was so insane in 2019 that when he averaged just under 23 points per game the following year, it was viewed as disappointing. No other time ever has a quarterback averaging like 22.8 points per game been disappointing for fantasy. Even though he's been under 22 points per game over the past two seasons, it's not like he was terrible still in like that you know, 20, 21 per game area. And I do think that just with everything that's happened so far this offseason, I like the switch from Greg Roman to Todd Munkin. I think we're going to be seeing an uptick in Lamar's pass attempts. And that's not to say that he's all of a sudden not going to be used as a rusher. There's no way you're Lamar Jackson's offensive coordinator and you don't have him super involved on the ground. But I think we get that volume up. That's going to help Lamar Jackson. This is also going to be by far the best group of uh, weapons Lamar's ever had. Uh, Mark Andrews still there, Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers, OBJ. I really expect Lamar Jackson to showcase his uh, elite ceiling this season, and I do think he's going to bounce back and finish as a high-end QB1. Now we're going to be shifting into tier two. This is going to be a three-quarterback tier, and I'm going to start it off here with my QB5, Justin Fields. So the Bears really kind of started to unleash Fields as a rusher in week six. That's where we saw a big shift. I believe that was the Thursday night game against the uh, Commanders where they like had a chance to win it. Darnell Mooney, I think, dropped like the game-winning uh, touchdown catch. But that's really where they started to unleash him. The next week was the Patriots one, which I think was also prime time. But over the last 10 games of the season, Justin Fields averaged 22 and a half fantasy points per game. He had 70 plus rushing yards in eight of those last 10 games, and he had three games with over 130 rushing yards. He's finally going to have a true wide receiver one this season with DJ Moore. The Bears have also gone out. They've improved the offensive line. We have seen other top quarterbacks take significant leaps after their team went out, got them a stud wide receiver. I mentioned Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts with uh, AJ Brown, Tua last season getting Tyreek Hill. I think for Fields to hit an elite quarterback one season, he doesn't all of a sudden have to be like a Mahomes level passer. It seems like people might be fading Fields because it's like, oh, I don't know how great of a passer he is. Not sure if he's going to be up there with those top guys. He doesn't need to be. He is so electric on the ground. If he's just league average as a passer, he's going to be in contention for 25 points per game. And I know the passing hasn't looked pretty, 
but I also think there's a very, very small list of quarterbacks who would have looked good playing quarterback for the uh, Bears teams that we've seen over the past two seasons. The weapons have not been great. I mean, his rookie year was a disaster with Matt Nagy, showed flashes last year despite having poor weapons and a uh, pretty, you know, not great offensive line. So I think Fields is going to ball out. He's going to have the starting job. And we saw last year, right, even if he doesn't play well as a passer, he can still honestly pay off at this QB5 price. But we do have that extra upside of if it does all come together for Justin Fields, he could be up there that like Lamar Jackson type ceiling. Obviously, we're not expecting that, but I do think the upside could be there. Now, my quarterback six is going to be Joe Burrow, also in tier two. I just think he's a really strong, like mid-tier QB1 option. He was the quarterback four in points per game last year. He's not going to have that elite rushing ceiling, but he kind of is like Mahomes, where he's going to give you something in that area. 257 rushing yards last year and five touchdowns. I also think he has the potential to put together like a higher-end QB1 season. Maybe QB1 in points per game, QB2, QB3, QB4, somewhere in there, especially if he has one of the, like these boom years as a passer. Like There's going to be one or two years where Joe Burrow wins the MVP and he's putting up 24, 25 points per game. There are definitely going to be some seasons there for Joe Burrow, and it could possibly be this year. Uh, and then moving over to the final player in Tier 2, it's going to be Justin Herbert. And I think Herbert's kind of going to be a value this season. I feel like people are kind of viewing a decent separation between Burrow and Justin Herbert. I think they should be close to pretty much going back to back. And I understand that Herbert did not pay off in 2022. I understand why there's a disconnect between like the two guys, right? Burrow was great last year. Herbert did not work out. He was a mid-tier QB2 in points per game. But we just got to consider the entire situation here. We're looking at uh, Justin Herbert's weapons. Keenan Allen played only seven games with 70% of the snaps. Mike Williams, in terms of 70% of the snaps, only played 10 games. So his top two wide receivers missed a ton of time. Herbert suffered a fractured rib cartilage in week two. He didn't miss any games. He played through it. That obviously limited uh, his performance. And it's like, if Herbert just sat out, didn't play, would we be looking at him like higher heading into this season? I feel like we kind of get into that spot where when players play through injury and they maybe don't play up to the level we're expecting, we end up docking them when in reality, like they could have just sat out and kind of, you know, preserved their uh, reputation, especially like for fantasy. Um, but prior to last season, Herbert has been nothing less than just fantastic in the NFL. This dude is a rookie threw for 4,336 yards and 31 touchdowns in just 15 games. Then in 2021, he passed for over 5,000 yards and 38 touchdowns. I'm expecting a serious bounce back for Herbert this season. I still believe he's one of the best like locked-in top five quarterbacks in the NFL. We're going to have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams healthy. We have the addition of Quinton Johnston. So I'm feeling pretty good about Justin Herbert. And I think if you're able to get him like a round or two after Joe Burrow, I think that is some uh, serious value there. Now, moving into tier three, this is going to be one of my one-man tiers, and I have Trevor Lawrence here as my quarterback eight. He had a really tough rookie season. I think people were pretty confident he was going to bounce back or, you know, just play much better, and he definitely did. He had a very solid sophomore season last year. He was a back-end quarterback one in points per game and just showed some drastic improvements from year one, right? Like he was touted as this can't-miss prospect, clear-cut number one pick, and it was a really rough rookie season. You can definitely see like the change in coaching. 
all of that made some huge difference for Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence is now heading into year three, and just like Justin Fields, he is getting a new wide receiver one. He got Christian Kirk last year. I think Christian Kirk is solid, but I do think he's more suited to be a wide receiver two. He's getting Calvin Ridley, and although we haven't seen Calvin Ridley in basically like a year and a half in terms of uh, you know NFL seasons, the last time we saw a full season out of Calvin Ridley, he was an absolute stud. This weapons core of Ridley, Kirk, Ingram, and Zay Jones, I think is looking really, really solid. So I expect Trevor Lawrence to produce as a mid-tier QB1 this season. I couldn't quite push him into that top group just because we haven't seen him put together a full season like in the caliber of a Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert as a passer, but I also couldn't really drop him below this because I think he has proven production, but also has a clear path to uh, improve from last season. So he's my only tier three guy. And then I also only have one quarterback in tier four, and that is going to be Deshaun Watson, who's my QB nine. And I feel like some people may think this is high based on what we saw last season. And there was no denying that Deshaun Watson was pretty brutal in his uh, six games last year. It obviously would have been nice for fantasy purposes if he came back, looked great. I was kind of expecting him to just be fine stepping in. And looking back on it, it probably wasn't reasonable after he hadn't played football in like a season and a half. I'm willing to bet on the bounce back here for Deshaun Watson. In his previous four seasons, he averaged at least 21 points per game and over 23 points per game in two of those other seasons or two of those four. So Deshaun Watson, you know, prior to all the stuff that's gone on with him was a high-end elite fantasy quarterback and an elite real-life quarterback. I think the Browns are going to shift to uh, being more pass-heavy this season. They let Kareem Hunt go. They haven't upgraded the running back position. They haven't brought in depth for Nick Chubb. They uh, have a wide receiver core of Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, who they traded for, Donovan Peoples-Jones, who looked solid last year, and they also drafted Cedric Tillman, and then David Njoku's still there. These are a lot of really solid weapons. I do understand there's some risk involved with Deshaun Watson where it's like, if he's the same guy we saw last year, like he's definitely not going to pay off here as the quarterback nine, but I do think the payoff is worth it because if he returns to the guy we saw pre-suspension and pre-him sitting out a season, he's going to end up being a really strong value here at QB9. And he probably like, if this was Deshaun Watson from three years ago with this same uh, wide receiver core, He's probably like right in between the tier one, tier two area. So there definitely is room for him to kind of, uh, you know, overachieve this QB9 ranking. Now we're going to shift into the largest tier in this video, and it's tier five. I think there's a lot of really solid depth options. You don't get one of these top guys. You can kind of just pick what type of player you're looking at here in the later rounds. And I'm going to start off this tier with Anthony Richardson. It may seem premature to rank Richardson ahead of some of these other proven guys behind him. You're obviously going to be shooting for upside with this pick. And hear me out because I think there's going to be a certain type of league where you want to draft Richardson and then another type of league where you're probably just going to want to, you know, pivot, take one of the safer options. So I do truly think that Richardson has the opportunity to give you like a Justin Fields-esque season, like what we saw last year out of Justin Fields. Jalen Hurts production that we saw in uh, 2021. Richardson is pretty much undeniably like the best physical athlete we've ever seen at the quarterback position. We know he has the rushing ceiling. I feel like in year one, you're kind of just hoping that the uh, passing is like competent enough for him to stay on the field. I feel like some people still get caught up in the idea of like, you have to be a really good or real life NFL quarterback to pay off for fantasy. And it's just really not how it works. Like, Rushing production can really, really carry you. 
for fantasy football. We saw it last year with Justin Fields. He was not putting up great passing numbers. Towards the end of the season, he was still giving you high-end QB1 production. And I understand that, you know, Richardson was kind of a controversial prospect, didn't necessarily put up great numbers in college. And if you're like so low on Richardson that you don't even think he's going to get on the field, like you think he's going to need a year, he's going to sit behind Minshew, or he's going to get out there and just be so terrible that they can't start him anymore, then yeah, you should pass on Anthony Richardson. But I think if you think he's going to be the starter, it's definitely someone you should consider here. And then I kind of mentioned how there's a certain league where you're going to want to draft Richardson. I think if you're in a league where pretty much everyone takes one quarterback, you know, like everyone gets their guy and then the waivers are super strong at the quarterback position, like you're going to be able to stream a Kirk Cousins, a Jared Goff, right? Like if Richardson doesn't go well, then I think you take the risk here. You take the swing on Anthony Richardson. If you're in a league where you're going to have like four, five, six guys drafting a quarterback too, right? Like if a guy's going to draft Daniel Jones and then they're going to have him backed up by Geno Smith then I feel like you probably just want to take one of these safer options because you don't want to be stuck in a spot where Richardson is kind of, you know, not playing well. And then you're looking at the waivers and it's just not looking pretty. Like you don't want to be stuck in that spot. So you kind of got to figure out the way your league is viewing this, or maybe you want to be the guy to take Richardson and then take one of these depth options. Also, that's also could be in play here. I forgot where I saw this, but I saw someone basically saying that like Anthony Richardson's range of outcomes is Justin Fields from his rookie year to his sophomore season, which I feel like is kind of true, right? Like we know he had the talent his rookie year. It just did not, you know, come out for fantasy wise. Then his sophomore season, he puts it all together, plays really well. So I do think the range of outcomes is wide here for Richardson. And like I said, all the guys behind him are going to be in the same tier. So if you prefer them, you know, I'm not going to push back super hard, but I do think at this point, like we're looking at these quarterbacks who have way overachieved Lamar Jackson did it his MVP year, was drafted, you know, kind of in this range, if not later. I believe Jalen Hurts wasn't viewed as like a consensus top three guy last year. So these players can overachieve, and it's going to be the ones who use their legs a ton. So Anthony Richardson, my quarterback 10. My quarterback 11 is going to be Tua. And if we remove the one game last year where Tua played only 39% of the snaps, he would have been the quarterback seven in points per game. When healthy, Tua was a very, very strong fantasy quarterback. He's pretty much not going to give you anything on the ground, but when you're playing with Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddell in this Mike McDaniel offense, I just think Tua is going to be giving you very solid fantasy production. Does he have the upside to be a high-end QB1? Probably not, but you're also drafting him as the QB11, so if he's a mid-tier QB1, you know he pays off pretty well for where you're going to be able to draft him. Then to wrap up the top 12, we're going to have Daniel Jones here, and I just think he's another strong option if you want to wait. We're kind of going to get to the point in these rankings where like Tua 11, Jones at 12, the guys I have at 13, 14, 15, it's going to feel like they should all be higher, but then when you're trying to move them ahead of guys, that's where it kind of gets tough here. So for Daniel Jones, he was the quarterback 10 in points per game last year, despite playing with the wide receiver room that kind of felt like it was in shambles for most of the season. It felt like every week there was some dude you had never heard of who was going for like five for 70, five for 80. And it's like, what is going on with the Giants here? But Jones was still managing to produce for fantasy. His rushing production was very similar to what we saw out of Josh Allen last year. Jones rushed for 708 yards, seven touchdowns. I think Josh Allen was just like 50 to 60 yards more than uh, Daniel Jones here. The Giants in this offseason, they went out 
They acquired Darren Waller. They also made some more minor additions to their uh, wide receiver room, but I just think he's locked in here. Solid back end QB1 with mid-tier QB1 upside in 2023. Now at number 13, this is where I have Dak Prescott. And just like Jones, just like Tua, like I could definitely see an argument for Dak being higher. It feels weird to have Dak outside the top 12 quarterbacks. I just think this is a really, really deep year for quarterbacks, especially like the back end QB1s, the high end QB2s. He is going to be coming off a tougher season where he actually finished as like a high end QB2 in points per game. Dak has pretty consistently been finishing at like the back end of the QB1 area, excluding 2019 where he was the QB3. And then he had like that crazy five game stretch in 2020. I think he ended up like breaking his ankle. I think that was the injury. But before he had that season ending injury, he was going like berserk. Like I think it was like 26 points per game. The Cowboys went out. They did add Brandon Cooks. Michael Gallup should be better, you know, a year removed from his ACL tear. You're kind of just hoping that them moving off of Kellen Moore doesn't lead to a much slower offense, more run heavy. That would obviously not be great for Dak Prescott here. My quarterback 14 is going to be Geno Smith, also in tier five. And he's coming off a season where he finished as the quarterback eight in points per game. And then you're kind of looking at this situation and it's a better situation than last year. So if you had Geno Smith higher, like I said, not going to push back. The Seahawks go out, they get the best wide receiver in this year's draft, Jackson Smith and Jigba. They also draft Zach Charbonnet, who I think is going to operate as a true receiving back for them. So just another guy where like, you could throw him higher. I'm not going to push back. He was really strong last year. If he maintains that level of performance, he'll probably be you know close to up there again this year. And then my quarterback 15 is going to be Aaron Rodgers. I do think he's kind of a tough guy to evaluate here because we saw him put together back-to-back MVP seasons in 2020 and 2021. His production, at least fantasy production in 2022, really kind of fell off a cliff. Personally, I do not think Aaron Rodgers is washed. I feel like the production last year just comes down to the Packers offense being much worse than it was during those MVP seasons. You lose Devontae Adams, it's definitely going to uh, hurt your offense. I just think the question here is, is this Jets offense going to be good enough to kind of, you know, allow Rodgers to put up borderline MVP numbers? Because Rodgers has pretty much given you nothing on the ground. And when you don't give anything on the ground, you need elite passing numbers to really pay off. Even in 2021, where he won the MVP, he was still only the QB8 in points per game. So I do think this Jets team is solid. I think the offense is going to be good. I just don't view these weapons as like so elite that they're going to propel him to like an MVP-esque season. I could be wrong. I think he's probably going to be finishing as like borderline QB1, which honestly, if you're getting him at QB15 is fine. He'll probably end up going before like a Geno Smith. Um, I feel like the ADP on a lot of these guys from, I mean, even Richardson to like Aaron Rodgers here, I feel like it's going to be all over the place on a bunch of different platforms. And then I also just wanted to throw an honorable mention out to Kirk Cousins, who just very consistent quarterback year after year over the last three seasons, he's either been the QB 11 or the QB 12 in points per game, pretty much no upside with Kirk, but someone you definitely don't mind in your lineup. Plus he swaps out a pretty washed Adam Thielen with a a rookie Jordan Addison, which I do think is an upgrade for him. So that is going to wrap it up for my top 15, I guess kind of cheated top 16 quarterbacks this season. Like I said at the top, let me know what you guys think. Who's too high? Who's too low? How are we feeling about the final tier of quarterbacks? Like I said, 
I think there's a lot of variance here. I'm guessing a lot of you probably won't have Richardson as high, but you know, you get the upside there. If you enjoyed the video, do me a huge favor, hit the like button and subscribe to the channel. Gonna have my tight ends left for these rankings. And then I might do like a maybe like a top 24 redraft, like just you know, overall rankings. Let me know if you guys are interested in seeing that. Um, but thank you all for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.